mine, bought with the precious blood of Christ. Today we pause and look at a very important story which has so many details. I mean, when we hear that little bit about Tom, uh, who later in a few weeks we'll call Doubting Thomas, this is the same guy who maybe worried about if Jesus was really raised from the dead, says these powerful words that he's barely remembered for, well, if going back means we might all die, then let us go, brothers, too, and die with Jesus, Tom said. And then Jesus kind of gave the hallmark version about Lazarus is only sleeping, and then he had to kind of come back as though talking to small children and say, well, really, Lazarus is dead. And even Jesus has this disturbed spirit, uh, described as anger, in the moment of a funeral. There's so much going on in this resurrection story. How can a pastor cover it all in under 40 minutes? I'll try. And I would encourage you, as Mary the mother of Jesus did, around the events of Jesus' birth, that you would ponder these words in your heart. When Jesus heard about it, he said, Lazarus' sickness will not end in death. No, it happened for the glory of God so that the Son of God will receive glory from this. And then later Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out! And the dead man came out. And the dead man came out. And the dead man came out! God's encouragement for your hearts today. God's ways are just not our ways. And we spend a lot of time and a great deal of effort reminding ourselves of that truth. And at the same time, we always make the attempt to kind of figure out what are God's real ways about. We're always trying to figure out God when it feels like we don't understand what's going on. And today's no different. In the gospel lesson, it addresses this question about what God is up to when he seems kind of distant. And we face it often with frustration, like the people in our story. But the Gospel of John is underscoring a message of hope and purpose. And that's been true since the Hebrews were freed from slavery in Egypt. There was a message and a purpose to what God does. There was a message in the Garden of Eden when God asked the question that he knew the answer to, who told you you were naked? There's a message and a purpose to that. And the dead man came out. After this confrontation of Jesus with the religious leaders, remember he just healed a blind man and there was a big hubbub and there's always this ongoing plot by the Jewish religious leaders to just catch Jesus in something. They want to do away with this frustration and distraction to their power and their religious sect. His disciples leave Jerusalem, they cross to the other side of the Jordan River, and while on the other side they feel pretty safe, they've for the time being gotten away from the authorities who are just just hunting them down in different ways. And while Jesus is there on the other side, he essentially gets a voicemail, a message that says, Lazarus is gravely sick. And then Jesus does something strange. He doesn't do anything. In fact, he purposely delays going to see Lazarus for two days. Two days. He chooses to delay. He purposely delays. The writer of the gospel, though, goes to great pains to underscore the fact that Jesus loved Lazarus. This isn't some distant stranger 
come to my house to someone you don't know, Lord, and heal them. The word love is used quite often in this story. And in verse 5, John wrote, Though Jesus loved Mary and her sister and Lazarus, after having heard that Lazarus was ill, stayed two days. Have you ever felt like God has stayed away from you two days or more? What's God up to? What's the message and purpose in that? And the dead man came out. Throughout the ages, Christians have had to wrestle with the fact that God often doesn't act or deliver or rescue in the time and in the way that we expect God to act. That can cause some very deep-seated feelings about God and his message and purpose. The people of God have, in our lifetime throughout history have faced ridicule, persecution, torture. The children of God today give their fervent prayers to God in the face of illness and death. And often their prayers seemingly go unanswered. God sometimes feels just so silent. More than just two days. But the dead man came out. In times of waiting, we often question God's power, his presence, his, his knowledge of our situation. Does he see? Does he care? Because if I was God, and that's always the conversation we have with ourselves, I would do things differently. Why isn't God consulting me about how I think he should be God? We've wondered if God truly does love us. But in our gospel today, in the clear word of God, emphasizing Jesus' love for Lazarus and his sister, John wants to set aside those doubts, does God love us? To set aside any fear or worry or doubt and affirm that God's love is moving in ways we don't understand. God's love is moving in ways we don't always see and understand. Even if we don't see it with our eyes, we always see in faith. Amen? We walk by faith, not by always the literal sight. And the dead man came out. Martha affirms her faith in the truth of the resurrection when Jesus states that he is that resurrection and the life. And she affirms that and says, yes, Lord, I believe. I believe you are the Messiah sent from God, the one who makes eternal differences in my life and in the world. And as Christians, we always come back to that. We always come back that Jesus is the resurrection and the life. We proclaim the presence of Christ in our deepest of woes, in the darkest of valleys, in the deep sadness of moments when it feels like death is crouching in on our life and affecting us. We proclaim the presence of Jesus Christ because we know the dead man came out. Both Martha and Mary accused Jesus of not coming soon enough. It's almost like, yeah, they said what I would say. You didn't come soon enough when someone important to me was dying. You didn't come soon enough when I was hurting and my marriage was struggling. Where were you, Jesus, when the pain was greater? If you would have been here, Lazarus would not have died. Mary says it and weeps. Jesus was greatly disturbed in spirit, it says, deeply moved. Even to the point of anger of this situation. This is the broken world that God never planned for us back when he gave Adam and Eve and us paradise. But we know sin and death stole that. But Jesus, in this moment, 
of brokenness and sadness is not some distant bystander while all this was occurring. Even when he delayed two days, Jesus was emotionally involved. We hear those powerful, simple, shortest verse of words in Scripture. The Lord of heaven and earth that was born as a little baby, growing up, leading his people, coming to a funeral. It says Jesus wept. That Lord of the universe wept because he loves us. We not only have a God who loves us, we have a God who sheds tears with us. Understand, that's the point so often of these stories in the gospel when Paul will reflect back on these things that he never seen himself with his own eyes, but he knew the stories of his gospel writer friends. He knows that Jesus wept. It is a God who feels our pain. And sometimes it is more comforting to have the friend that will cry with us than to have that same friend running around just fixing things. And because Jesus ultimately does win forgiveness for us, he does both. He comes alongside us as our strength and our hope and that good shepherd who carries us through the valley of the shadow of death, defeats death for us, and raises us again. And the dead man came out, is what we ponder. After grieving with Mary and Martha, Jesus goes to the tomb, and he does what Jesus is always well known to do. He has the stone rolled away, and he calls out to Lazarus, come out, come out, a command over death itself, come out. Death be gone. Death, you've lost your victory. There is no sting. Lazarus, come out. And he lived again. The situation seems hopeless at the beginning of the story. Lord, why are we delaying? Lord, why would we go back when the authorities might hurt us? There's danger there. They might actually capture you and kill you. And they saw their master weep. Who could do miracles? Who had an unusual birth? Who claims to be the son of God and he is weeping? The situation seemed hopeless. Lazarus was already rotting. Four days dead. Yet out of death, Jesus brought life. The hopeless situations that we face in our life cannot be any more hopeless than death itself. We wait confidently on the Lord, knowing that God specializes in doing the impossible because he loves us. Like breathing new life into the dust of Adam. Like commanding restored life into the rotting decay of Lazarus. He does the impossible, and he always does it out of love for us. And like the early Christians, we take comfort and hope from the story of Lazarus and Jesus. And we ponder those words, and the dead man came out. That is the power of forgiveness. Because in forgiveness, we have that resurrection, hope realized, and given to us. So as we rewind today for that one final look as what led to the plot of getting Jesus crucified, it started with miracles like today. Jesus is a threat and a scandal to the world around him, to those who don't understand him as that son of God, the resurrection and the life. And when you don't understand it and you don't embrace it as something you need, that spiritual restoration, then you want to squash it because you don't want it to have dominion on your life or direction in your life or to be Lord of your life. And so now we have this foreshadowing as the plot thickens a preview of something bigger yet to come. We will fast forward to the resurrection coming on the heels of suffering and death and death being swallowed up by victory and life. And it would seem there's much more to this story left to tell. So stay tuned. To God be the glory. Amen. Remember, you do not be ashamed. 
because you are the light of the world. In Jesus' name, amen. Please stand with me as we sing our closing verse.